exploding, violence flaring, bullets loading. You're old enough to kill, but not for voting. You don't believe in war, but what's that gun you're toting? And even the Jordan River has bodies floating, but you tell me. Welcome back to New Persuasive Words. I'm Scott Jones. And I'm Bill Bohr. And Bill, it's a stormy, the storm is his, as, as, <laughs> as Stephanie Clifford said to Alec Baldwin two weeks ago in Saturday Night Live, the storms are coming. Here in, in the Mid-Atlantic, the storm is coming. I'm not talking about the Avenetti-fueled, Avenetti-fueled Stormy Daniels. I'm talking about this. We're like basically right now caught between a weather pattern, right? Where we've got something coming from the south, right? And from the north. Right. Yeah. It would be, uh, what was that movie? The day after tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. We're in the apex of something. So it's supposed to uh, rain 40 days or 40 nights, I think is about what they're calling for. Originally, they said like it was going to be to like, what, like, uh, Monday. Friday. Right now, now they extend it to Monday. Yeah, flooding around here. So, at any rate, be safe out there. I'm not very into this. Oh, at any rate. But uh, as you said in the, in the warm-up, you do like storms. I do like storms. I like watching storms. And I'm going to go out and drive in this one to a meeting. So, um, we thought we wanted to talk uh, about the tragedy and the events that are going on in Jerusalem and the Gaza, uh, particularly in the backdrop. There's been a lot of, uh, uh, <coughs> I guess there have been different people who have Proclaimed, including the uh, the two religious speakers that were invited to participate in the uh, opening of the American Embassy in Jerusalem, Reverend Jeffers and Hagee. Hagee, you know, I did I did watch one of his commercials about the rapture, and you could get one of those videos, like to order for your family and friends that don't get raptured, to what right. to do, to how to wait out the Antichrist. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got two, uh, perhaps of the worst examples of, of, of what American theology is about, who were part of, uh, uh, with, you know, truly one of the great Middle Eastern scholarly minds of our time. Jared Kushner was there as well as. Well, I mean, let's just, let's, are you going to, I mean, he's a Renaissance. He, like Michael Cohen, is a Renaissance. But it was funny. Avenatti said on, uh, you know, of course, Stormy Daniels' lawyer said on Rachel Maddow, Rachel, I'm just an attorney. I'm not. A healthcare expert, a financial expert, an expert on telecommunications like our current Michelangelo Renaissance man, Michael Cohen, of course. I'm just an attorney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is that uh, we have a great, you know, the great Jeffress is really the new sort of ecumenist of our time. Yeah. I mean, move over, uh, 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 you know, move over Leslie Newbigin, John Mackay, the great ecumenist president of Prince and all these people. The This man is the new ecumenical movement. I mean, it yeah. just in his own presence. There we go. Oh, his prayer, though, was strangely bereft of, of some of his more salty statements. He didn't bring up about Jews and Muslims going to hell in his prayer? Or Catholics, too. Catholics are speaking to now, you think because, well, what's wrong with Catholicism? Because they talk about salvation, the blood of Christ. It's paganism. Yeah, so... These are uh, would would be definitely uh, you start to get a sense why 
a Catholic priest gets fired as the chaplain <laughs> with this bunch in here. But um, I think it's 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 important to talk a little bit. And again, the tra- then, um and Gaza. It's, I mean, yesterday was horrible. Gaza itself is just a living tragedy. The most densely populated speck of land in the world. Uh, it's uh, has an economic and so there, Rhode Island. Yeah, and but the boy it's boycott and it's there's kind of an embargo, um, and uh, basically it's blocked both by Egypt, Egypt and Israel. Um, the one thing that's been consistent: the Palestinians have been failed by everybody. Have been failed by their leadership. Certainly, Hamas has been a a force for evil, both for itself and for its own people. But uh, the Israelis certainly have not. Um, they're in the power in. At least in the terms of the Palestinians, they're in a position of power, and uh, I've been a you know pretty outspoken supporter of the right of Israel to exist, um, the need for there to be an acceptance of that reality by all peoples, um, but also equally uh, that there has to be some ongoing vision for a two-state solution. Um, and, and for Israel's own well-being, right? Like, it's just, oh, yeah, no, for Israel's own It's a self-interested thing. If you want a democratic Jewish state, there has to be a two-state solution. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to get, I mean... It, or, or you have to, or you will, or you will create... And it's funny, I've, I have fought this term for the last 12 years or so. But if you don't have a two-state solution, you will end up with a, a functional apartheid yeah. situation. I mean, I mean you, you'll have to. I mean, it's, it's sort of... But realistically, understanding it as well... That given what's going on in Syria um, and the destabilization of the region, the ability to, to – and actually just the, the lack of a, lack of any kind of real energy on the ground uh, with large segments of both the Israeli and the Palestinian uh, uh, populace for a peace settlement. Therefore, you know, we're not – you know, what that would look like right now is is not clear or, or feasible. But – what has happened with Netanyahu, particularly the coalition governments he's had with the settler parties, he's increasingly gone right. This is probably – not is probably. This is the most right-wing government that Israel has ever had. Um, the labor and all the coalitions that are parties from the center on the left basically for a variety of reasons um, are not able to uh, front any kind of – uh, workable. Well, and we say right wing, which what's interesting to me because so we've talked about this before. How if you talk about, for instance, the European populist nationalist parties, they actually are left of even probably the United States Democratic Party on certain economic issues, right, right. but but they tend to be xenophobic, right. uh, nationalist. So I mean, how much of that right wing? Stuff in Israel. It's interesting because you form a coalition, right? Right. With the settlers who tend to be subsidized pretty heavily by the government, right? I mean, you, you, well, at least they're they're being protected, and often in places that they're not legally. But, but also, to be. if you're ultra orthodox, right, and you are basically, well, the settlers are not ultra all ultra. Ah, okay, I was just thinking though, not to, say, but I was thinking of like if you're ultra orthodox and you and you wind up throwing your support behind Netanyahu, right? You. But you, but those people tend to live uh, off government, uh, off or, or fairly subsidized, right? Because the right, guys that, mostly study Torah. That's a different group than the settlers. Well, I was just thinking, though, that 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 that's also a group that Netanyahu. Right, but you know, some of them, have, yeah, but that's for you know, and 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 actually, part of 
is co. I mean, part of the one of the last lectures. I don't know if it was the last one before. Part of you know the settlers want them the the, the ultra orthodox to have to participate now in being drafted. See, there's there, I mean, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. It's, well, and there's some of them are. It's a complicated. I mean, uh, as complicated as American politics are, uh, you would expect that with a country of 300 million. But Israeli politics are so complicated, and what you you know many the, the settler movement. These are these are many of them are religious. But these these are people who are not afraid to fight, and they have their guns and things like that. So these are not the the ultra orthodox who have large families who basically uh, are it's welfare. You know, they 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 beg. If you go to the Western Wall, those are the ones that are there begging. Right, right that, but that's what's interesting to me because when you think of like right wing, like the set, like the settlers make sense, but then the ultra like that's a very it's well, a, well the ultra some of the ultra orthodox don't think the state of Israel is legitimate. Right, but well that was the traditional. Ultra Orthodox position before, yeah, but, but Israel but, was established, but, right? Yeah, well, I, but there are there are religious settlers, okay, who would be Orthodox in their theology, but that would not be the same as who we traditionally call the ultra Orthodox. There we go. All right, Bill on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Bill's no, been on the ground. I've been on the ground there. Yeah, a little too. I'm, you know, it's funny. I would like to go back. I really would, but. Um, you know, it, it's harder right now to kind of have a, a good Jewish friend of mine. We used to argue about that we're part of the fringe radical middle, uh, trying to promote uh, what's good for all people involved. And that's it's a very difficult time. And I think that uh, under Donald Trump, who, the, who segments of the Israeli population love, they've renamed things after. Matter of fact, when there's a racist soccer, soccer team. team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Liel Leiblitz uh, posted about that. Oh, I saw gosh. that. Yeah. And there's a block named after. But um, the... And, and one, By the way, do you know who Trump talks to every night? Because Melania apparently isn't in the White House very much. His last phone call at night is, this will make you feel better. Who? Sean Hannity. Well, it's not a surprise. And he walks in, also, he'll walk in, like, after you and I have... Yeah, do they ask on do, the phone? Do, do they, like he does. He'll walk in. I just got off the phone with Hannity. Like, wait, shouldn't Hannity be saying, "I just got off the phone with the president. I just got off with Hannity. Now, do they do they share a bed or do they do like? Well, do they do like? Do they do like the old Dick Van Dyke show? Where they have, there, there have been there has been reporting that says that like he practically Hannity practically has an office in the West, like like a workspace, basically almost like. Yeah, he's very. Yeah, they both have interesting hair. There we go. My hair helmet. And they're both friends with Geraldo Rivera, who I like and respect. There we go. We got that going for him. So, um, you know, today is actually the anniversary of the Nakba, which is was the day after um, the day of Israeli independence. And again, uh, we could spend 20 episodes on the Israeli um, the war of independence. So let's just say this seemed like a little bit of an in-your-face to do it on this day. I mean, it seemed like a little... The day before, The sure. day before, yeah. yeah. Like, it seemed yeah. a little bit of, like, the day before that, well, it seemed a little bit of a... Yeah, and again, I mean, there's a very good reason why during campaigns over the last, I think it goes back to, uh, I it goes maybe back to Ronald Reagan, if not, uh, although Ronald Reagan had some um, people that were a little, and George Bush first had uh, had some people that were kind of tough about Israel. I like how we're going, how we're going, uh, like British, George Bush the first. The first, Yes. <laughs> As opposed to King George the, the second. second, yes, but um, you know every candidate and would have been King Jeb, even low T, <laughs> even Bill Clinton and, and and Barack Obama as well talked about during the campaign that yes, the embassy 
should be in Jerusalem. That is the capital. But what people, particularly many people uh, who are uh, borderline Christian Zionists, don't understand was this, first of all, has nothing to do with biblical prophecy. Uh, the, the current political state of Israel has nothing to do with biblical Israel. Secondly, and I'm happy to debate that with anybody if anybody wants to do that. Um, what about two Corinthians? <laughs> but um, but that's for, but that doesn't mean that uh, as a as a Christian, I actually do believe that uh, the promises made to the people, the children of Abraham, are in are in play. That's how I read Romans um, nine through eleven. And so that just because I don't equate the current state of Israel. With biblical Israel, that doesn't mean I don't support uh, the right of Israelis for self determination and Jews to have a to have a legitimate homeland. But but getting back to the making the embassy in Jerusalem, the the reason that Jerusalem fell into the hands of the Israelis was a function of the sixty seven war, and any ongoing settlement or any ongoing resolution of that, um, we would require that the city of Jerusalem, the status of Jerusalem, was part of what needed to be negotiated by. Moving the embassy to Jerusalem, basically, the Trump administration is saying this issue is solved and it is no longer a negotiable point. I mean, frankly, and I, that's once you take it off the table, things like that's like if you're going through divorce and you, uh, you know, and your ex-wife were fighting about uh, shared custody, and then the judge said, "All right, we're giving share. It was we're giving shared custody to this spouse." Well, then that really winds the other spouse down. That was the big fight. And once you just decide unilaterally on one hand, then generally on one side, then generally the other party is really, well, okay, it's off the table. Now let's move on to point B. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's generally how not, not how good negotiations right. work. I want to take a brief moment to ask you a quick question. Do you like this podcast? Do you enjoy it? Do you look forward to listening to it while you do a morning, afternoon, or evening routine, or while you're exercising, or while you're caught frustrated in traffic? Do you tune into it because of the conversations you find here? If the answer to the aforementioned questions is yes, or even just a solid maybe, would you do something for me? Would you consider becoming a Patreon sponsor of the podcast for just five bucks a month? Or more, it's for a good cause. You can help this podcast and one of the many others I do keep going. And you can help launch several other podcast projects I've got in the works. So I invite you to be a patron through Patreon of this, which I think is an art form you're enjoying and will continue to enjoy. Again, any contribution is welcome, but for five bucks a month, you will get a shout out on the thank you roll call, which begins right now. Thank you, David Babico, Ellis Brazil, David Zoll, Sari Graham, Peter Steigerwald, Samantha Blythe, David Norling, Charlotte Donlin, Barry Stewart, Larry Rule, Stephen Lipless, John Schneider, Ben Crosby, Liam O'Brien, Jim Crest, Stephen Rowe, Ben DeHart, Jordan Morseberger, Josh Redder, Jennifer Underwood, Kai Whitpenig, Simone Garabedian, and Jim Kirk. If you want to join these patrons through Patreon, just go to patreon.com forward slash Scott Kent Jones. Thanks again for listening. And now back to the show. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think the idea of it, if, I mean, I do think uh, the, the potential of having East Jerusalem, if the Palestinians want that to be their capital, uh, East Jerusalem is predominantly um, Arab. 
if not exclusively Arab, although there's some there's some intrusions into that, which is part of the problem. So and very little chance of any streets being named after Trump over there. Yeah, and there's a, not not in my house either. No, Nothing. No. Oh, there's a few things named Trump, but we'll <laughs> talk about that. Uh, but I do think that um, could we get Trump vodka? Is that still for sale? Uh, I don't know. I could use it to clean paintbrushes. I would love to sample it. All right. Give it a review. All right. Well, there we go. We put that out. If anybody has If anybody can get a bottle of Trump vodka and send it to us, we will review it on the podcast. That's right. We'll even reimburse postage. I'm sure it's half as good as Schmirnoff. (laughs) But I think, you know, getting back to this, the fact that, yes, I mean, the Israeli government is in, I've been to the Knesset. It's in Jerusalem. Yes, that's where the government is. But there were symbolic reasons. America no longer... And maybe that's what Trump wants. That's fine. It's certainly what he's tried to do in Syria, uh, what he's done with the Iranian deal. Uh, America no longer is a broker in any kind of Middle East peace process because of what Trump has done. I think the existential threat to the long-term existence of Israel has gotten worse by the actions of Donald Trump. Yes, the fact is that what started out as a peaceful demonstration, certainly there's been instigators, Hamas has been instigators, but the fact is they're, they're setting kites on fire and the Israelis are using drones and snipers. Um, so I, I think that um, it's more than the optics. You know, 50-some people died, over 2,000 were, were injured yesterday. Um, and the fact is if you keep people in a desperate situation, this is, going, this is not going to end. Uh, you know, part of me was reminded again. There's, there's, you know, Gandhi was a peaceful demonstration, but uh, again, uh, you know, I, the idea of Israeli snipers shooting unarmed people, um, and given the Jewish history of what has been done to them, um, to me, that's not that's not who they want to be. And again, uh, it's a complicated situation. The right to return. I understand is a non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable with the Israeli. It can't happen. But um, the fact, the fact that uh, the clowns that we sent over there to celebrate this embassy and what was going on with uh, in Jerusalem while uh, children were being shot uh, in the Gaza uh, is not is not what it means to be a person who follows Torah or. For those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, and you know, I'm not saying that Israel should be held to a higher standard than they hold themselves to, um, but for Christians, to support this is is antichrist. And I, you know, I, it's fine. Why doesn't it dawn on anyone else that Jared Kushner's building is six 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 Fifth Avenue? I, does no one else get the get the irony of that other than me? And and, and the five hundred million from China. No, right. <laughs> Well, you know, again, I never thought a populist movement in this country would be fighting to save Chinese jobs, particularly of a company that spies on us and sells parts to Iran. But they gave $500 million to the project, which is going to be fantastic. You know, it's an interesting thing. I mean, probably one of the most harmful theological ideas in American Christianity, and we, we actually export it where we send all our missionaries, so it's it's live and well and Pentecostalism One in of the South few America. things we export. <laughs> and in Africa, but pre-millennial. And this is the thing. We're going to make China take our exports like these missionaries. <laughs> but the millennial view and somehow, you know, saying that this is all part of prophecy and that this is, you know, God's will. Uh, is... Well, the dispensation of you because historic pre-millennials. Who That's just, right. right. Yeah, we need, we need to put, yeah, I need to say all the words. Yeah, because right. like, well, some people think that like, 
Well, the early church was kind of the first yeah, centuries there, were there, millennialist. Yeah, yeah, there were. You know, it died out quickly. But this idea that there would be a millennial reign where Christ would establish on earth, and that 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 reference in scripture was literal. Right. But they didn't weren't dispensation. No, they weren't rapture, no. and you know they weren't. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't this sort of American evangelical end times melodrama. You know, like sometimes this. sometimes they, uh, uh, you know, they do those. Ethical things. If you could go back in history and kill baby Hitler, would you do it? If you could go back in history and kill baby Darby. <laughs> no. No, I would just sit down with the Bible. Give him the Bible. Yeah. So I want to quote from a liberal piece here. Um, I need to adjust my clip here. It doesn't turn the way I like it to. This is from the American Conservative today by Daniel Larson. So you're being ironic when you said it. Yes, yeah, I was yeah. being slightly ironic. We know that the Trump he was responding to, to the Trump administration's blaming um, Hamas for the deaths of all these people and all these injuries. So, we, and Mr. Larson says, or Larson says, we know that the Trump administration consistently indulges U.S. clients and encourages them in their worst behavior. But the refusal to hold Israel accountable for obvious egregious crimes like this one is nonetheless breathtaking and despicable. Hamas bears responsibility for its own crimes and misrule. But it is ludicrous to hold them responsible when Israeli forces shot live ammunition into a crowd of unarmed people. The administration's attempt to shift the blame from the government that killed nearly five dozen unarmed protesters and wounded hundreds more to anyone else is similar to their response to Saudi coalition crimes in Yemen. Ignore them for as long as possible, absurdly claim that the client stays acting in, quote, self-defense, and when all else fails, find some other group or government to blame for things the client has done. Refusing to hold Israel responsible for its crimes guarantees that there will be more of them in the weeks and months to come. As long as the administration doesn't object to this excessive and illegal treatment of Palestinians, the Israeli government will assume that it has Trump's full support and will keep doing more of the same. The Trump administration is giving Israel a green light to shoot Palestinian protesters. And its determination to ensure that there is, quote, no daylight between our two governments means that there is practically nothing that the Israeli government can do that this administration won't tolerate. And once again, that's from the liberal rag, the American conservative. Wow. Well, the other thing, too, I mean, uh, the tenuous, probably one of our most important allies, particularly for maintaining, and one of the most important countries for Israel security is Jordan. And um, to me, it's a miracle that Jordan hasn't exploded yet. But each day this stuff goes on, the precarious nature of the Jordanian government becomes even more so. And if Jordan falls, Israel has more problems than they will be able to deal with. We might need to revisit in our next episode, that our, one of our original episodes, that essay of H. Richard Niebuhr, The Grace of Doing Nothing. Because this is one of the things where, where you know, Jared Kushner, who now has the same security clearance as the White House um, stenographer, uh, you know... <laughs> The, but everybody thinks, well, we got to do something. No, I mean, like this sense yeah. of like, it can always get worse. Sometimes not doing anything, yeah. it, there is a grace in doing nothing. Like, and and, and uh, oftentimes, like, it can get worse. And so th this, and I feel like this is true in the political and the personal. Oh, yeah. More stressed, anxious, or back is against the wall, you know, or, or, or for various reasons, we think acting is always the best thing. So uh, there's often wisdom in not acting. Now, whether, you know, it's, it's consistent advice I give. Parents dealing with certain adolescent stuff, marriages, you know, you know, sometimes you just try to stall. Yeah, just do nothing. Do yeah. nothing. Yeah. So anyway. 
Well, our prayers are with um, are with the people um, um, in Gaza, with the people in Israel, with the people in Palestine, um, with the people in uh, Jordan, this whole region, and uh, you know, God delivers from fools for leaders. Yeah. Of your lover.